Hey there, it's me, Denise Lee, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help improve your mindset and your money. And in today's episode, I want to talk about saying goodbye to bad or problematic clients. We've all been there, and if you haven't been there, keep on running your business. It's going to happen where you're going to have to let go of some clients that you thought were a good fit, but you've evolved or certain things have changed in your business and you need to make a pivot. If you're looking to terminate some relationships so that you can make space for some brand new, better relationships in business, potentially in life, listen to this episode. I've got some really practical tips that are going to really help you coming to you after this short break. Hey there, it's me and we're back. Now, If this is your very first time listening, make sure that you smash that subscribe button so as soon as I drop another episode, you'll be able to listen to it. And if you have been listening for multiple episodes and you hear me say every episode, make sure you smash the subscribe button. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) This is for the benefit of other people who have may not have listened to the very first time. But if you've been loving these podcasts and you've been getting a lot of benefit from it, make sure that you share it with someone that you know could appreciate it. And make sure that we're friends on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Denise G. Lee, where I will inspire and motivate and encourage you to be the best version of yourself. I am totally believing that you are more than capable as long as you're committed to your success. And that requires us to be talking about some uncomfortable conversations, one of which is letting clients go. And you may be in a season in your business where you're saying, what are you talking about letting clients go? I'm just trying to keep on every single client that I have. And I understand that energy because I have been there raising my hands. I have made moves out of complete desperation. If I had to be honest with myself is really to my own detriment because I found myself betraying myself in one area and it opened the door for me to betray myself in other areas. And the purpose of this conversation is to not make you feel bad about past situations that went sideways, but to help you learn and grow from your situation. Because I think for a lot of us, we want to stick our head in the mud and say, oh, I'm a failure. Therefore, I shouldn't be trying to grow my business because I've had all these bad client experiences. No, you've had lots of learning experiences. And no business owner has become successful without letting some clients go. And later, you'll find out letting some help, some talent go as well. But we'll talk about that if there's enough demand for it. Because I definitely think that for some of us too, we need to be prepared for the reality that we're going to have to let people go who are once alongside us as team members go so that they can spread their wings and fly and go somewhere else that is better fit for them. But before I dive into this whole letting clients go, I got an email that really clicked on my mind and it's kind of the precursor to letting people go is making sure that you're finding people that are really connected to you, very engaged with you, and will be a good fit. If you're interested in learning more about how to really develop a client attraction plan that's based on who you are and what you want to accomplish, I want to invite you to my six-month program called Royalty. It's a one-on-one program where you and I talk for six months about what you want out of business and what you really want to see, obviously beyond just the money, but to enable to weather the storms of losing clients, gaining clients, and everything in between. You can find it on my website, denisegeely.com. 
and click on the courses tab and then you can look at royalty to see the details of the program but i'll also drop a link in the show notes below so it's called the life and business inquiry form and then we can see whether or not uh, you can, we can learn more about each other and see if it would be a good fit but anyway i want to go to this email message that about this whole idea of choosing better clients before they come problematic clients and i'm just going to read word for word from this particular email that i got the uh, question was posed to this guy named Jim. He said, okay, if you had to offer double your money back guarantee to your coaching clients, what qualities would they have to have? And then the response was, well, they'd have to have a database of at least 100 to 200 people, have to have a frustrating experience with digital marketing, have to have had failures with digital marketing, have to have a Google My Business, have to have a Facebook page, have to have been in business for at least five years, have to be closing five to two deals per month, have to have to do what I say, have to do have my complete tracking, have to make my posts, have to have me review their posts, have to attend all my sessions, have to attend have to participate and contribute to every session, have to not be a jackass, have to believe in my principles and values, have to want to have fun, have to want more independence, have to have integrity, have to pay my fees, and have to want to have more quality, high converting conversation with their prospects. For a lot of us, if we had to be honest with ourselves, the reason why we're having to end certain working relationships was because we weren't clear about the kind of people that we want to work with. And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm just saying that perhaps this is the time, a perfect time to go back to the drawing board and really ask yourself, who do you want to work with and why? Who do you want to work with and why? And what must they have in order for you to be able to feel successful in order for you to help them? And I know in the beginning of your business, you just want any type of business, A, because it'll pay the bills and B, because you just want to feel good about yourself to know that you're on the right track. But if we're in that mindset of anybody, anybody, please, please, I'm waving my hands, I'm available, we'll track a lot of people that will curse the day that we've met them. And there have been, whoo, doggy, I've been, I've had some relationships with certain clients over the years where I honestly, to tell you the truth, honestly, God, I did not believe that they were going to be successful, but I did it because out of desperation to make a buck or pay a bill. And that's a desperate, that's a terrible way to run a business that's running on desperation. And I don't want that to happen to you. That's why I'm airing my dirty laundry and saying that the, the root issue was always being clear about who you wanted to help and why you wanted to help them. Not just taking anybody who waved their hands up and said, I would like your help. Okay. That's why... With, for example, my royalty program, I don't take everybody who inquires about my program. It doesn't really matter how much money you've got. If I don't feel like it's a good fit, it's not a good fit. And I don't want to waste your time and my time if I don't believe that I'll be able to help you be successful. Okay. But let's get into the actual saying goodbye. If you believe that it's time to say goodbye, cut your losses so that you can be able to find better clients and so you can be able to have a better peace of mind. The first thing is I want to ask you is about four questions, but the first one I want to ask you is, number one is, are you saying goodbye or running away? Are you saying goodbye or running away? 
I think about one particular client that I really thought was problematic. And when I, when I look about it, when I think about it, this particular client was a no-show for a first one. And then she, then she rescheduled. And then she showed up. And then I, I thought, and then she said she wanted to quit. And then it was this back and forth volume effect where I really didn't believe that she wanted to do the work. And then something miraculous happened. I was noticing that she was doing the work, that she was showing up on her sessions. Uh, she was always showing up on her sessions regularly. She was always able to do what I told her to do. She was committed to her growth. I saw that she was able to get some more traction in certain aspects of her professional and, per- and personal life. And my desire for wanting to quit was because I didn't want to give herself the opportunity to prove me wrong. I wanted to cut my cut ties as soon as possible. And I only wanted to be with someone who was had every single check and I didn't want to feel inconvenienced at all. But the reality is there's some clients that want to go to work with you who are afraid and they're scared and they're going to try to backpedal, not because they don't believe you can help them, but because they're just, just afraid. And heck, I know I've been afraid myself with some certain clients where I thought, oh my goodness, I think this is beyond my pay grade. But as I sat and listened to their concerns and we devised a plan that made sense for both of us in terms of her her or he doing the work and me being able to support them. For a lot of us, we run away. And here's the thing, the only way out is through, meaning that the only way that we can grow in business and life is if we did the challenging things that scared us. We did the challenging things. And I'm not to say that this gives us a license to work with any bad client. No, I'm not saying that. In fact, like I said earlier, really define who you want to work with and understand why you want to work with this particular type of client will save you a lot of hassle and problems down the line. But there are certain people that, that, meet your criteria, but you feel as if, oh, this is a hard case. But if you're able to work through them, it actually can be one of your most enjoyable experiences working with a client. At least that's what I have found in my experience. Take it for what it's worth, okay? Now, the next thing I want to ask you is, have you been clear about what you can provide, meaning the services I'll never forget I had this one particular client where she more or less wanted a business in a box for me, which I can't quite understand how or why. I found out, this is what I found, I found out that what her one of her VAs in the past, virtual assistants in the past, more or less did everything for her. The only thing she had to do was pay. The assistant put up the website and the assistant did some offerings, suggestions, and the assistant... Hell, I even set up the email account to send email messages. The assistant did everything. And all she thought she could do was just show up and just talk and then her business would grow. And I think she still carried that same sentiment when she was trying to work with me. And I was gobsmacked. I, I was like, I, I can't believe you're even thinking that I would more or less do a business in the box for you. And that was more or less what her expectations was. And she was had a rude awakening about that. And it was a real, and I remember, I remember not asking those questions in terms of before we had the onboarding process when I said, well, what are you expecting from me? And what do you think a business coach does? 
And if I asked those critical questions, I assure you, I wouldn't have taken on as a client. But now I know going forward that you have to be really clear about what you expect and what they should expect from you and flush all of that mess out in the beginning and not don't wait until later because if you wait, those expectations will turn into resentments and those resentments can turn into you straight out anger towards the person or because we didn't uncover those assumptions. And I'm just telling you right now, it goes so, so important. It's so, so important for you to actually sit and ask yourself, what do I really want from this experience? Who am I really wanting to help? And why does that really matter to me? Because you can't really get mad at a client that's acting quote unquote problematic if you never really explain what you could and couldn't do. Can you really blame someone if you never were clear about what you could and couldn't do? And then can you turn around and say, well, I hate them or I'm so frustrated with them because they're not doing the way I wanted them to do, even though I never explained what it was that they should be doing, you know? Because I think for a lot of us, we're just not clear. And if we're not clear, then we have all this confusion. So clarity prevents confusion, okay? Now, number three is I want you to ask yourself, do you want a client or a customer? Do you want clients or customers? And let me explain what I mean because there's a big difference between the two of us. A lot of people who think about growing a business or in the, in the initial stages of a business, they say, oh, I want tons and tons of clients when the reality is they want customers. A customer is someone who basically pays for a one-off digital product or whatever, one-off thing where it doesn't require service, meaning ongoing support and ongoing issues that they need to resolve. They don't need to mark and uh, check progress. It's kind of like buying a book or buying a a, 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 a product to use. You don't really have, unless it's a really high price point, you don't really need to check it. And sometimes, for example, I, I'm thinking about my house. I think about, a, uh, not my current house, I think about a, a house I had before. And I had to replace replace my HVAC system, my heating, ventilation, and cooling system. The thing was expensive. It was a Goodman. I was told by the installation guy that it was a cheaper, uh, low version than some of the name brands like Ream. But anyway, I remember when I bought it, I never had the Goodman people call me up and say, hey, Denise, how's your Goodman working out for you? They just dropped it. And if I had any problems, I had a two-year warranty for that. Now I sold the house to somebody else's problem. But the point I'm trying to make here is that that product, even though it was expensive, had a built-in warranty that only had certain clauses and conditions where someone had to come out and service it. You have to ask yourself, for whatever you create, if, even if it's a, a product, right? Is it something that requires service? And if so, how much and by what ter- terms? A lot of times when we have all these problematic client situations or customer situations, it's because we weren't really clear up front before the purchase what we can and we cannot do. If someone does not believe that you're not going to provide 20 years of service on a $20 product, right? <laughs> then that, that's not someone you want to have business with, I assure you. But there are some certain people who pay for $50 worth of work and they want $500 worth of service. And I know that in the begin, beginning of our business, we want to go above and beyond. We want to please, we want to do a good job. But we have to understand that there are going to be people, 
not you, of course, not you, of course, that want to take advantage and literally milk the cow dry of anything that can be offered because people are selfish. And we want to get things as much as we can for giving as little to nothing that um, we can either pay for or get. That's just a fact of life. I don't know how to say it anyway, but this. And if that's the case, then you have to really ask yourself, am I setting myself up for success by putting in clauses and conditions and setting up my offerings, when I say offerings, either your product or service, so that you're not overburdening yourself, so that you can avoid letting people go or doing refunds and all this other stuff because you just want someone off your back. Okay. And again, if you're a client of mine, we can talk about different types of scenarios. We can talk about how we you can set yourself up so you, you don't have to go into some of these common pitfalls that you can learn from experience, more or less. That's what I'm trying to say. Because for a lot of us, we trial and error has been our teacher, but we don't have to do that. We can do a, a hack. And it's called getting the experience for somebody else. Because Lord knows, even the things I'm learning now, I've learned from the benefit of my coach. Yes, coaches have coaches. And so that you can avoid some of the pitfalls and the the aggravations that myself and other people have faced in the beginning of setting up their business. Okay, And again, when you're thinking about if there's a client, that means it's a, you're providing a service, an ongoing service that requires you having some understanding about what you are going to provide, what kind of clients are good for you so that you can have a long-term beneficial relationship. Or if it's a customer doing something, a one-off product, meaning that are you very clear about what you can and cannot do? What's your return policy? What, do you have a money-back guarantee? Do you have a some type of expiration of, of protection of for what what you're offering? I don't know. You have to think about that. You have to do your homework because for a lot of us, we just wing it and fling it. And then when trouble or disaster strikes, then we're flustered and confused. And sometimes, well, more often than not, we make things a whole lot worse because we're not being clear about who we are and what we want to offer. And we we can avoid a lot of drama and a lot of chaos by just being very clear about the limitations of our offerings, okay? Now, what I want to ask you is, what kind of growth do you want from yourself from this experience? What kind of growth do you want from yourself from this experience? Because here's the thing. we Let's say you let them go. Let's say you did the work. Make sure you, you realize that you cannot support this person. You offer a refund or you cancel the contract or whatever you need to do. I want to ask yourself, what have you learned? Have you learned that you need to be more clear about your offering? Okay, about who this particular offering would work well for. Does it mean that you need to raise your standards? Okay, does it mean that you need to add a little bit more detail within your sales page or within uh, and your onboarding process? I don't know. You're going to have to ask yourself those questions because for a lot of us, we just go through these experiences and we say, oh God, that sucks. I hate this. I never want to do it for again. But we don't take the next step and learn what we can do to prevent these things from happening. When I say prevent, I'm not making a guarantee because the world is full of a lot of interesting type of personalities. And even even though I've been in business myself, you know, various ventures and whatnot for 10 years, I'm still learning different personalities and different types of things that people have done. 
with me as a prospective client as well as a client. And I am never ceased to be amazed the way that certain people behave in certain ways. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave it at that. My question to you is what can you learn from it? How can you benefit from it? How can you be able to grow from it? Because if you can't grow from it, then you can't learn from it. Let's recap everything that we've talked about is I want you to number one to ask yourself, are you saying goodbye or running away? Sometimes the best lessons can be learned when we actually work through the difficult situations. If, if, keyword, both you as well as your client is willing to work. And then number two, I want to ask you, are you clear about what your offering is? If it's a product, are you clear about satisfaction guaranteed, terms of conditioning, all that stuff? Are you clear if you're offering a service who you want to help and why you want to help them? Okay, that's really important. Then I want to ask you another question is what type of experience do you want to get from this from the lessons learned about letting something go? What are you willing to learn from it? What needs Things need to shift or modify in order for you to benefit from the experience. Because for a lot of us, we just say, I hate this and it's time to move on. Well, this is a great time to catch your lessons learned and make some modifications on your sales page or your onboarding package or whatever you need to do. Because for a lot of us, we don't learn from our mistakes. We just end up repeating. And the way to stop repeating mistakes is to figure out what exactly needs to change within yourself or within your business. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed our time with one another. If you really enjoyed it, please make sure that you share it with somebody else that could benefit from it. And make sure that if you have any questions or concerns, make sure that you let me know. Send me a message at podcast at denisegelee.com. And if you've been really loving these podcasts, I would and please, I encourage you to write a review. So that way you can spread the message to other people. And I love to send you a little token of my appreciation. You can uh, write me at podcast at denisegelee.com and then I'll send you something that I know that you will really enjoy. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.